Thanks for tuning in to be a part of our mission to decide once and for all the absolute best Nick Cage movies in cinema history. I'm Cage Fighter Reese. I'm joined by Cage Fighter Steve, Cage Fighter Sean, and Cage Fighter Matt. We're currently nearing the end of season two, leading up to our Cage Fight finale, where each of us will represent a movie and try to convince our Cage Lord through glorious battle. Which one? has the highest power level. Last season's winner was the 1980s uh, Human Bird Intercourse hit, smash hit, Birdie. <laughs> this season so far in the runnings, we've got Raising Arizona, Vampire's Kiss, and Wild at Heart. Tonight, we're going to examine two very special Nicolas Cage disaster pieces that I had never heard of. Zandalee and Firebirds. Basically, um, softcore dramatic porn versus hardcore helicopter porn. <laughs> what the fuck do you know about a helicopter? Which porn will win? So, uh, I guess we'll see. Stick around to find out. But first, let's get into some Nick Cage news with Cage Fighter Steve. There's not really anything uh, new or noteworthy. I mean, really, it's just what trying to figure out whether or not uh, Rico is really Cage's girlfriend. That's... About the only interesting topic that's going on right now. I mean, aside from the Rico, the, yeah, Rico, the uh, the 20, 28, 26 year old uh, Asian girl that Nick's been caught hanging out with in there. Uh, oh, so you've got some gossip then? That's that's about the only thing that's really noteworthy that's going on aside from uh -huh. Tiger King and uh, the unbearable weight of talent. Yeah, and I'm, nine nights at Nick's. Nine nights. Nine at nights at Nick's. You know, another thing, too, is there hasn't been much news about his son. I always thought his son was an interesting character. Which one? The older one? The older one, yeah. Or, or, um, or yeah. Kal-El. Um, On a scale of one to Hunter Biden, how... Uh... <laughs> Hunter Biden. Whew. It's pretty bad. Uh, do we have a sponsor for this episode, Steve? Were you able to, to secure us one? I, I didn't find us a sponsor for this episode. Sean, you got anybody? You know, I CompUSA was trying to uh, get us on the phone, but I, I, I was just playing hardball with them, so. Yeah, I tried to get Goya. Didn't work. <laughs> they were already booked. Me. They were, they were booked. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, no sponsor. So please send us money to our uh, OnlyFans, GoFundMe, immediately. I, I know a sponsor that we that we should mention. Uh, the uh, the official uh, late night cage fight website. Oh, NickCageFight.com. Uh, you can listen to all of our episodes uh, as soon as they go live. 
and uh, it has links to all of our sites. It's got the Facebook, it's got the, the Twitters, it's got the the Apple Podcasts, it's got... Yeah, it's awesome. NickCageFight.com, that's becoming our home base for everything uh, late night cage fight. So be sure to check it out and um, stay tuned as well for some special episodes that uh, may only appear there or we may highlight there. So yeah, definitely check it out. All right. Why don't we get into these movies? Let's talk about Nick Cage in the 1991 sexual stalker movie, Zandalee. But first, let's dive right in to the Nick List. Nick Cage makes his entrance to a bangin' 80s dance party by slamming his head like Sailor in Wild at Heart. Did he forget what movie he's in? <laughs> Nick Cage, at that same party, gives a special naked lady an official Nicolas Cage patented whipped cream motorboat. <laughs> Nick Cage feels bad that he's not Donald Trump. Do you, do you remember that line? Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. I do. Yep. I specifically made a note about that. Nick so. Cage's best friend introduces him to his wife, Zandalee. So when Zandalee is alone in the house, Nick Cage aggressively kisses her. Later, he finds her out in the rain and corners her. He tells her, I want to shake you naked and eat you alive, Zondalee. He then takes her back to his studio, has sex with her, and does a little finger painting on her naked body. I'm a painter. I have to paint. During 75 years, you're gonna be fucking dead. I'm gonna be standing next to Picasso and Vincent! So get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Nick Cage greets a priest at his local bar is this a joke or something? Nick Cage greets a priest at his local bar, then performs a drug deal right in front of him. Uh, Nick Cage brings his girlfriend to a dinner party. During the dinner, he molests Zandalee under the table. Then later, he forces her into intercourse in the laundry room. Nick Cage demonstrates in the bar that he's apparently some kind of sorcerer who can perform card tricks that defy our current understanding of the laws of physics. He's force, force sensitive. Yeah, is this a Star Wars thing? Maybe it's a Star Wars thing. It could be. Nick Cage again attacks Zandalee on the street. He asks her why she married his friend. She says, because he was a poet. Placing his hand on her private area, he asks, Isn't this poetry? <laughs> Nick Cage feels upstaged by Zandalee, who has a, her very own cage out in his art studio. So Nick Cage has his cage out, where he then covers himself in black paint, which, judging by the next scene, was the washable kind. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage assaults Zandalee at church. She says, not here, not at church. Uh, he, basically, he basically rapes her in the confession box and says, this is church. 
probably not the first time that's happened in that confessional. Let's be real. Yeah. He, I mean, he also he also said, "I set you free. You know I did." <laughs> <laughs> this movie just makes me feel all kinds of things. I'll I'll get into it later. Nick Cage dances with his best friend on a dock at the bayou. Then he tries to save his friend from drowning, but his friend does not appreciate it and bites Nick Cage's neck, drawing blood, and then drowns. This is poetry. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! Uh, Nick Cage is kind of sad his best friend died, but really, he wants his best friend's wife to just say his name during sex. She won't do it. But things turn out okay, though, because the drug dealers he owes money to mistakenly murder Zandali. Fortunately, this happened next to the church, so Nick Cage can just drop her body off and then make it in time for his next movie shoot downtown. It's really nice that the church has has uh, full service funerals. It is, isn't yeah. it? It is. Yeah, they just have they just have a Dropbox, just like like Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you, did you know that churches used to have newborn baby drop offs? <laughs> I swear. Really? Yeah, and I know this wow. because Pretty my good. wife went to Cuba on a school trip. And she went to a church there that still had one. It said in Spanish, drop your baby off here or something. And I don't think we talked about this yet, but, you know, this movie takes place in New Orleans. So last last August, I actually took a trip down to New Orleans and uh, went on a, uh, a ghost tour. And one of the one of the places that we went to uh, was this monastery and basically because uh, abortions were outlawed there, people would bring their, basically their dead babies to this monastery because in the Catholic faith, uh, you have to be buried on sacred ground. Otherwise you don't, uh, you know, go to heaven. So pretty much they would drop off these dead babies uh, at this monastery and, and they would put them in the wall so they could go to heaven and then like a hundred like a hundred years later they just found all these dead babies in a wall that is so creepy Mm -hmm. wow i had never heard that it's like the baby catacombs or something like a prequel for resident evil it actually was also (laughs) it was the same place uh where uh, vampires, the story for vampires in the um, United States first originated. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of a lot of creepy stuff in New Orleans. Okay, okay. Well, I did read uh, Interview with a Vampire. I think that takes place around in that area. Uh, the author, I think, is actually lives in New Orleans. So mm-hmm. yeah, it makes sense to me. That's pretty interesting. It's getting me uh, psyched for Halloween. Okay, are we ready for Steve's character comparisons in Zandalee? Let's hear it. Let's hear who our characters are. There were really only about three or four main characters in this movie. I mean, you obviously had uh, the artist formerly known as Zorro, played by Nick Cage. Okay. Um, and the, uh, his love interest throughout the entire movie, the OG Kristen Stewart. 
Ooh, no. You saw yeah, no, the second. The second I saw her in any of the running scenes, I mean, it's it's a perfect. She just looks like Kristen Stewart before the cloning. No way. <laughs> and then of course there's her uh, husband, supposedly uh, Bob Ross's little brother, um, who decided to join the uh, Navy and take up poetry instead of painting. Uh-huh. Yeah. And of course, uh, trash man Steve Buscemi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who was really, was... he was really the highlight of the movie, I think. I was gonna say that, yeah. Even though, yeah. I mean, I didn't think his character was that good, but still, it's Steve Buscemi on a trash truck and fighting with cops, and I'd rather watch that. <laughs> right. What? Begging for change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Steve Buscemi. Why was his character in this movie? (laughs) He he happened to be in New Orleans when they were shooting. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to say that I felt like this movie was the the backstory of Ron Jeremy. that, That just his his facial hair, Nick Cage's facial hair. His uh, yeah. mullet, just the way he moved, yeah. was, it just seemed so sleazy. Yeah. I thought I was watching a trauma movie at times. You know what? It's going to take people a long time to fact check it if you want to just you want to just go ahead with this. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's what it is. I did, however, like in the beginning, there was a homage to uh, Racing with the Moon. Was there? Yeah, in the very beginning, the very first time that uh, Kristen Stewart went for a run, she was mm-hmm. racing the train and, and jumped right oh, in front of it. Yeah, I didn't get that either. I was like, oh, is she suicidal? Is she daring? Yeah, that's what I thought. I was, I was thinking she was going to kill herself, and then when she jumped in front of right. it and felt like good, I was like, oh, okay, it's just racing with the moon. I get it. Yeah, right. Yeah. A superhero of some kind. Yeah. So but before you go into the synopsis, Steve, I want to say something about those scenes, the running scenes. There are a lot of these jogging sequences with Zandalee, the lead, and in every single one, she's wearing the same outfit. So I'm just, I it just to me, I, I it was obvious that they just shot this in one take and cut it, you know, back into the movie. Why would she wear the same outfit every time? I found that strange. I only have one workout outfit. Is it? Is that weird? I guess if there was just some I mean, some some scene where she like talks about her workout outfit or you see it hanging up or it in the very beginning of the okay, movie, maybe, I thought that was her only outfit. She spent the first fifteen minutes of the movie completely naked or wearing that. Yeah, it's new. Well, and the other thing too is she works at some kind of a fashion store, right? Or she has a she owns her own fashion business. Yeah. Well, this yes. is this is for you, Steve. I want you to jump in and give a give a very quick rundown of what exactly happens in this <laughs> this masterpiece, Zandalee. I mean, you've already mentioned you covered, the characters. You covered pretty much all of the synopsis in in the make list. There's there's really not a lot else that that happens throughout the movie. I mean, it, yeah. it you know it starts off with the this brief kind of uh, half-assed introduction of the characters and. Mm-hmm. Um, Clearly, uh, when Nick is first introduced, 
just like every other woman that Nick meets in the movie, she fucking hates him. And uh, he makes yep. it clear that yep. she's going to get raped. Uh, yeah, he makes it very clear, uncomfortably that clear. Was, that was my note. Every woman hates Nick when they meet him. She will probably mm-hmm. fuck him. Yeah. I, I mean, everything... I feel like everything that we've seriously criticized in Nick's previous roles have really come to a head in this movie, which I believe has been forgotten for a reason. Because it is just... It's so trashy, um, incomprehensible at times. Um, we, we can talk more about the analysis in a bit. We, so let, basically, we have uh, Judge Reinhardt is the actor who plays, uh, his name's Tari, not Terry, Tari. I don't know anyone with that name, <laughs> but uh, it's New Orleans, right? So we have, we have the whole uh, French. He's a poet. He's, he's a poet, yeah. His, and his first lines in the movie are so heavy-handed that it just made me want to gag. I knew automatically that this was going to be a, a rough time for me. Um, he's like a, he's like a real Elliot Smith. He's, he's a multi-instrument. So his lyrics are pretty great, is what you're telling me? Oh, no, I'm saying he was like a really sad man who just like really wanted to die and then very oh. dramatically killed himself. Aren't we all, though? I see. Yeah. Matt, Matt. Just like, I'm just like Tariq. Matt, I'm not some dumb coon ass that you can mess with. Okay? Here we go. Are, can can you still say that? Is that is that politically correct? Are we demonetized now? I'm uh, I'm really wondering if this movie was kind of the impetus for uh, Cage's love for New Orleans. Maybe because. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we've mentioned it on the podcast, but Nicolas Cage actually has a uh, his tomb in New Orleans. It was. It was the one thing that the the IRS could not take from him because they don't have a money back guarantee on plots of uh, on funeral plots in very famous uh, <laughs> funerals or in uh, cemeteries. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know what it is with his fascination with New Orleans and playing characters. If he plays a character in a movie that's set in New Orleans, he always has to be a big asshole. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what what's up with that. He's never... Yeah, I mean, you'll never see him playing the priest in a New Orleans church or the family man mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's very strange. It's almost like he has this uh, impression of how to be cool in New Orleans, what's cool. It is sexually assault women. Of course, mm-hmm. Zandalee. We got to sum up no. what happens, though. So we got uh, Tari is he is. Yeah, I mean, he used to be a poet, aspiring poet. He inherited his dad's uh, cable company, communications company, and then his old friend, played by Nicholas Cage. Uh, what, what was his name? Johnny, something. Johnny Penn. No. Johnny Collins. Johnny Collins, yes. The only one with a normal name. Johnny Collins. Johnny. John Paul Gregory Collins III. I was afraid he was you. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Johnny Collins comes back, and they're just the best of buds. 
And the first thing that Tari does is invites him into his home where he lives with, uh, I, I noticed he called the older lady his grandmother, grandma. I thought it was yeah. more realistic if it was his mom, but maybe it's his grandmother. I'm not quite sure, but an older member of the family also lives in the home. And the, the strange thing about this this whole scene is he invites his friend into the, into his home, and then he just he like disappears with his grandma, and leaves his wife alone with Nick Cage's character, who yeah. who just immediately becomes just a creepy guy, just coming on to her heavily. So you're his wife, are you? Yes. Who are you? I'm Johnny Collins. You know, you have a very peculiar notion about introductions. And that, that just made me think that there was something more to this, that maybe Tari had planned this whole thing and this was just like a lead up to uh, a threesome or something. That's the feeling I got, mm. that he wanted his wife to cheat on him. And, and maybe he did. Maybe that's something that you can talk about in the analysis because this does have kind of that uh, old school um, theatrical drama feel to it. You know what I mean? It's, it's very much this kind of movie is it feels like a stage play. And the thing is, with with a movie that's really written to be more of a stage play, acting is vital. And I felt that with such poor acting, it, it <laughs> killed this movie. Like, if there's no chemistry, uh, oh my God, just the sex scenes and everything was a huge buzzkill for me. But let's, let's go through the rest of it, right? So he continues hitting on, on uh, Zandalee, and Zandalee, she's unhappy in her marriage with, with Tari because Tari doesn't want to have sex with her anymore. Uh, what else? There's something else that she's unhappy about. Oh, I guess that he doesn't want to be a poet anymore. He's lost Ugh. his drive, his motivation. Ugh. And he's so, also just like kind of he's kind of like rude to her too. Mm -hmm. He just like uh, doesn't really support her. He uh, that member he was like, why'd you do your hair like that? It doesn't suit you. You know he's right. not like he's not like a yeah. great guy to to, no. to her. Yeah, he largely ignores her, ignores her uh, needs yeah. and yeah. And he's an alcoholic, right? The whole family, the, all of them drink. Southern, addicted to the Southern calm. <laughs> yeah, so what happens? Well, Nick Cage's character just keeps hitting on her until eventually she, she gives in and they start uh, uh, an affair, a sexual relationship that is just very bizarre. And, I mean, what is the next plot point? Uh, she, she wants to end it a couple times. He doesn't want to end it, so apparently he's in love with her. Uh, but is he really in love with her? No, it's just like a series of stock and rape. No. Yes, yeah, it's, no. it's just this obsession. He just keeps showing up at like everywhere that she is, every yeah. time she's out for a run. One point, he literally like kidnaps her. She's running by his building. Yes. He like I said in the Nick list, he finds her at church. And there's a couple mm -hmm. church scenes. Mm -hmm. So there's this moral conflict that's happening. This movie is supposed to be about Zandalee, but unfortunately, this movie, Zandalee in it, I felt like she had no agency. She had no willpower written into her character. She was just used and abused yeah. this whole time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she keeps cheating on her husband until I guess we should skip to the, the scene where 
he decides they have a conversation, Zandali and Tari, and he decides that they're going to go to the bayou and uh, reconnect. They're going to fix things, just the two of them. <laughs> and he tells he tells Nick Cage in the bar, yeah, I think. I don't know why I'm doing the Nick Cage voice for Tari. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I, I think Zandalee is cheating on me. I think she's taken a lover. I, I love the just the way characters talk in this movie. They talk, they talk like <laughs> like they're poets, but they work for the cable company. Like Nick Cage is supposed to be an artist. I got the studio that's full of paintings. I have to paint, but like I'll Which... fi- I'll fix your TV. Well, that rem- I don't know what Nick did for the cable company. It was never really clear because he dressed no. like a mechanic. Yeah, I know, that's what I mean. <laughs> he probably didn't work there at all. No, he He's probably didn't. He's a criminal. He's a fucking criminal. <laughs> he, yeah, Therese he's, probably just put him on, on the payroll. The, he's on the run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. on the run. That's the other he thing, just, too. He just showed up, you know? Right, yeah, it seems suspicious, doesn't it? I think you're on to something. Out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ace dealing drugs at the bar. Yeah. That's right. They're, they're they're after him, trying to get him to pay. He up. knows the he knows the lingo. Yeah, yeah. You know. One of those guys Jesus for sure. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ! So Tariq tells Nick Cage his plan to take Zandalee out to the bayou so they can reconnect, which they do, and they're having a talk, and then. Uh, why did what happened to make Tari go to the the bar there at the bayou? Does anybody remember? For some reason, he goes to the bar there and by himself without Zandalee. Oh, she's outside. She's outside. Yeah, yeah. He just leaves her outside. He went in to go get uh, like drinks or something from mm-hmm. that. Okay. A so six pack. Was that yeah. it? So he walks in, and who's in the back? Nick Cage. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> I, I actually really like this part of the movie. It's it's something to think about because uh, it you, you question did um, did Tari know how much did he know did he know a hundred percent that that she was uh, banging his best friend? I mean, of course he had mm-hmm. a suspicion, as we find out. Uh, so. He acts all excited, like, yeah, man, oh, my best friend's here at the Mayu. When I when I came, was supposed to come here by myself and fix things with my wife, my best friend's here, too. Come back with me. Zandalee's just outside. We'll go back to the dock. Have a good time. You you know, you can bring some of those, those drugs that you like to do. That's totally cool. And they go to the dock, and Nick Cage is like, hey, Tari, you want to dance? They have this really awesome dance scene. Yeah. Which... That was wacky. It was very wacky. (laughs) That right there... That right there is worth the watch in this movie. That dance scene. Like, what the hell is going on? And then after all that, uh, Tari pulls a gun out. And, uh... Yeah, so they're... Now, they're in a situation... It's the, you know, the power thing where they have to do whatever uh, Tari wants, and he's losing his mind. He's gone full, um, I don't know, high school literature teacher or something, just spouting off (laughs) quotes from plays and stuff. And they go on this really rad (coughs) boat ride. 
and Nick, Nick Cage, he's got to save the day. So he's like, Tari, just let me drive. Let me drive the boat, please. So he gets he gets hold of the controls, and then he does this uh, real sharp turn and knocks Tari off the boat. Tari falls into the water. He's drowning. Uh, Zandali jumps in to save her husband. Nick Cage then swims over, saves her, swims back over, tries to save Tari. Tari, uh, you think he's going to be saved, but instead Tari uh, goes full vampire and uh, digs his fangs into <laughs> Nick Cage's neck, which, I mean, in like a regular dramatic film, this would be a super powerful moment, you would think. Just very striking. And, and uh, yeah. it, would, it would definitely make a difference in the plot of the movie. But in this one, it's just kind of like a bizarre afterthought. I, he's just, I'm gonna bite your neck and then I'm gonna die. I love the way that you right, yeah. tell all these yeah. things because they all sound normal, but whenever I watched him like drop them off there, I didn't think he went to save him. I thought he was like, well, he fell in. He goes, he's dead. Let's move on. And then she's like, let's go yeah. get him. And then he went like, I didn't feel like he even saved her. I felt like he was like uh-huh. pulling her away. Like, no, no, no. Just yeah. let him go. Just let him drown. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Right. And it let's is- go. I thought he was gonna take her over and rape her right there. Oh, While God. he was rowing. that's I, the way at this point in the movie. That's where I thought it was gonna go. I just wonder, was it intentional? Was, was is that how Nick Cage viewed this character? That he really just wanted to abuse the wife and then if and throw her away and have them both die, and he just didn't give a shit. Uh, is that how he wanted to play it, or did he just suck at at, at acting? <laughs> I really don't know. Who knows? But you're right. It it was not like a frantic, I want to save my friends. It was a, yeah, I guess I'll I'll swim around here and I'll go under. Oh, oh, I found something. Oh, it's my friend. Yeah. Oh, shit. He just bit me. me. (laughs) Where's my vampire teeth? So then, uh, yeah, Tari drowns. The next scene is Zandalee at his grave. And this is another bizarre scene. Steve Buscemi oh. just yeah. shows up, and just, I don't even yeah. remember what all he said, but it was... <laughs> he, like, gives her some, like, sage advice. Yeah. He says it's a, a religious artifact. A religious artifact? He gives her something? No, a, a heartifact. Oh, a heartifact. Oh, when he said that, I just wanted to puke. It feels like a play written by, uh, like a... a an acting major, you know, in, in college, who has never written anything before, but they just want to prove so much that they can write something. Shakespearean. Nick had wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, Nick. Uh, uh. Nick also uh, drops uh, drops an f bomb, the homophobic kind. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one of those. I think that's his second one. His first one, I believe, was actually in Valley Girl. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Man, what a trip of a movie. Sure. Yeah. It's got that, like, um, fake deep vibe to it. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, yeah, pretending to mean some things like this is a dark tragedy mm-hmm. like oh my god his, his girlfriend died but really it's just like I'm a sexual predator and I got some people killed and like 
what the fuck yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a it's a movie where you can take a clip from it and watch that clip and it implies that there's so much more to this movie but when you actually yeah. watch the movie there's nothing so after no. the after he's the after dead. the whole he's dead or your husband's dead thing i wasn't really sure how long time passed but Mm-hmm. Both of them seem to be handling it pretty well, and there was no, you know, yeah. adverse effects about the fact that they, I, I feel like murdered someone. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. They nobody seemed to care that this right. that this guy drowned because the, the resulting from all of this from their relationship. Right. I mean, she does blame him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but her ever. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that there are only two things that you can't do in New Orleans. You can't get into a fight, and you you can't pee on on the street. Anything else is fair game. Literally anything. Maybe that was the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. You can do anything but those things in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Of course... After Tari passes away, that's when we get the really awesome cage-out sequence where he's in the studio, destroys his art, covers mm-hmm. himself in black paint. Black it out! Says something like that. He, bra- he rips his paintings and shouts, die, die, die. Yes. And when he yells that, die, die, it reminded me of uh, Face Face Off. <laughs> yeah, there's a similar part. Yeah. Die! Die! Oh, man. And he's, I just love his uh, his glasses, too. Really, really set it off. Oh, God, yeah, glasses. yeah. He knows how to dress in these films. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. So, yeah, then, uh, right, uh, the ending is just uh, they're walking and the drug dealer is like, Hey, are you Nick Cage? Can I have my money? Never mind. And he just shoots him. But he doesn't shoot Nick. Yeah. It's, it's Xander Lee sacrifices her. Why? Why? Why does she do that? Uh, again, I, I think it's 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 poorly shown, but I, I get the feeling she was trying to die there. It was her yeah. only escape yeah. at that point. What a depressing character. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. It kind of parallels the beginning where she was testing fate Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and she's like, "Well, I tried to run in front of a train. That didn't work. Maybe if I run in front of a bullet." <laughs> yep, that worked. Yeah. Faster, faster than a speeding train, but not faster than a bullet. Oh, yeah. And then uh, old Saint Nick's reaction to her death just—it seemed uh, it was just bad. It didn't seem sincere. And again, maybe that was his approach to the character. The character this whole time really never had. Uh, any care about her feelings in her life and just wanted to use her like he's he admitted at the beginning to using his models for sex again I assumed that it was I mean you guys are assuming they took her to the body drop off I assumed that he took her somewhere more private god damn it Steve (laughs) man I don't yeah so we've pretty much gone through this whole movie and we've done a good bit of analysis um 
So yeah, I mean, all I can really say is this is a wild movie. It is a movie way out of out of its time, out of its element. Um, it, the word I think of is problematic, just like just like Time to Kill. Um, yeah. Everything yeah. Just, yeah. Nick Cage. Everything he does is it's immoral. It's wrong. It can't be justified. Um, and then there's no there's no uh, penance for it there's no vengeance or retribution or or visible mm. change it's just this is the way it is and I just don't understand um, the point of it but that's Zandalee yeah. it definitely kind of gave me a lot of room vibes just except not as entertaining yeah it has its moments i think i think what what takes away from from that room vibe is uh just like the raw sexuality of it and how uncomfortable those scenes are yeah it's not like goofy it's just just uncomfortable yeah and, it's really uh, weird and then also the really high high strung language that they use when they they talk like they're poets they make you think that they're high class because they talk this way and dude is mm. uh, is wealthy because he inherited his father's business but really under the surface they're just regular people you well know. you know it's funny in a way it kind of echoes the david lynch uh, sentiment in, in the sense that you know you have trashy trashy versus like professional and really sharp and well done mm -hmm. and I feel like mm -hmm. this movie yeah. kind of like what Matt was saying it's a deep fake it fakes you out it tries to fake you out by making you think it's like that but it's really just a big heaping pile of trash mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> God. Too bad we didn't get David Lynch's Zandalee. That would be so much better. Yeah. I mean, the guy that directed it, uh, Sam Pillsbury, is also known for the cult classic Free Willy 3, The Rescue. Woo! Wow. Also, very good biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah quite partial to their croissants. Yeah, I've been to New Orleans a couple times, and I enjoyed my time there. I think I wouldn't have gone, though, if I'd seen this movie first. <laughs> I would have just stayed home. No way. No fudging way, buddy. And right. they got the voodoo down there. Oh, man. Yeah, you got to watch yourself. Ooh, oh, man. That's right. I got, I got so much voodoo, it's literally behind me. Nice. Like the God's Max song. Got these authentic voodoo dolls. Do, do you have one for me? I could. I literally was, when I went to New Orleans, I was traveling on a plane with like $150 worth of voodoo in my backpack. And I was just waiting for the, the TSA to just be like, uh, <laughs> sir, you're going to have to come with us. <laughs> you bring you bring up voodoo and it's I laugh because uh, I shouldn't laugh. It's it's interesting, but there's a, there's a group here in Japan of um, 
African immigrants who still practice voodoo, and they did they did some kind of workshop about it. And my friend was telling me about it, and I thought it was interesting. But my my question has always been: um, a big part of voodoo is animal sacrifices or blood sacrifice, and it's like. Mm. Do they still believe in that is what I wanted to know. And my friend actually asked them and they said that they do. Um, and then they explained it in a way, you know, that makes I, I, makes sense, I guess, within their practice. But still just I'm just like, why? Why is that still? Why would you need to do that to um, make your voodoo work or whatever? But I'm not part of that group. So whatever. Zandali, if we have to rate its success, it was mostly a critical failure, uh, apparently even before its release, because this was a straight-to-video movie in the U.S. Um, movie critic Nathan Rabin summed it up well. He said, quote, I'm going to argue that it's a secret success, especially for cage buffs. It's right up there with Wicker Man on the Nicolas Cage Guilty Pleasurometer, a lost camp gem filled with inadvertent hilarity and populated by heavyweight actors who would go on to do great things, including Steve Buscemi as a zany, horny, philosophical thief who pops up at random intervals. And I, I thought that was good. That's a good quote. I like some of the user reviews. Oh, yeah? Not oh, the yeah. best, but... <laughs> <laughs> Worth the three bucks to rent it, yes. or the 15 to buy it. Nice, steamy, sexy movie. Not the greatest, but... <laughs> so do you want do you want to do... Uh, hey, honey, you want to do Leaving Las Vegas tonight or Zandalee? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> God. Mm. Well, that's Andalee. Check it out on all your on a couple of your streaming services. It's out there in the world somewhere. Or, or don't. Or, or don't. Check it out. Or I'll, don't. Yeah, probably. Just probably just don't. It's for free on Voodoo. But I don't want to say don't because we have to recommend one of these movies tonight. So I can't just outright say no, don't watch it because maybe the next one is um, worse. We'll find out, right? I uh, guess you're right. Let's fire up the engine, son. We're going to talk about military aeroplanes right after this movie's Nick List. We're talking about Firebirds, where Nick Cage pretends to fly helicopters. He is a badass. Everyone tells him he is a badass. He is one of the only survivors after his flight team is wiped out by a cruel mercenary working for the cartel. Now, Cage is the only hope for America. Is this Mass Effect? <laughs> Nick Cage is anti-cocaine in this movie. Very anti-cocaine, which is a strange position for someone who does a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Nick Cage meets the one female Apache pilot. He acknowledges her by shaking her hand and then not letting it go. Nick Cage is at a birthday party where he asks this female pilot if she's still interested in him. She says no, so he stares at her while licking icing off his finger. <laughs> Nick Cage plays Microsoft Flight Simulator while screaming, I am the greatest! I am the greatest! Right before losing the game. I am the greatest! I am the greatest! Nick Cage 
Cage is on a tense, high-risk helicopter mission as part of a team. He uses this time to flirt with his ex-girlfriend over the radio. Let's get serious. Jake, where are you? I remember you liked me on top. Nick Cage boxes Tommy Lee Jones in a pair of sweaty ass-crack sweatpants. He's the greatest, so he's able to Mike Tyson Tommy Lee Jones, proving this movie is 100% fantasy. <laughs> Nick Cage tries to convince the only female Apache pilot in the squadron that she should quit her job, stay home, and cook. Like, why are you in the army? Nick Cage saves America by killing the bad guy we never know anything about. The drug war is won, America is saved, the American people rejoice. Nick Cage goes home to marry his pilot girlfriend, then presumably to the strip club for some whipped cream motorboats and a few lines of coke. Mm -hmm. Firebirds! Firebirds! Brings a tear to my eye. Steve, your uh, character comparisons for Firebirds. This one was a bit tougher. I mean, they're all military, so they're all supposed to look the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't really yeah. a lot of standing out. I mean, we really just had Nick, I'm the greatest cage. Tommy Lee, Black Jack Jones. Yeah. And uh, honestly, the only thing that came to mind was Billie Eilish, and I looked it up and realized that does not work at all. No, it does not. What? <laughs> is that the, uh, Billie is the female... That's right. the female. Female that's, Apache yeah, pilot. That's, uh, that's, that's Nick's. But one thing I did kind of take away from uh, both of these movies together is that um, uh-huh. I got a lot of really good relationship advice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think you want me to stay home and have babies and cook. Well, I, I mean, I did. Well, what's wrong with babies and cooking, Billy? I, I mean, it's a tradition. My mother did that. Steve, that's you see yeah. if you get something out of it, it's worth it. You guys don't right. you guys yeah. don't always want to watch the movies. I get that, but you always learn something, and it's educational. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I definitely learned that regardless of whether it's your best friend's wife or your ex, all you have to do is force them into it, and it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> what are they What are they going to do? Say no? It's already happening. Yeah. Oh man. So, Sean, do you want to uh, briefly give a synopsis of the all of the important events that take place in this epic military helicopter movie? I mean, it pretty much was just a bunch of military guys sitting around playing Star Fox on Super Nintendo. Um, I'm sorry, it was actually Metal Gear. If you didn't notice the Solid Snake reference in the very beginning and throughout the entirety. Oh, yeah. Are you talking about the quote at the beginning? They, they said it at the beginning, but then throughout the whole movie, they all had different snake code names. Oh, I Rattler see. And yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, what was the quote again? I, I know it was from uh, George Bush Sr. It was about the drug war. I thought about yeah. writing it down, but it was just... Drug. The drug war is is happening. We're going to win. Drugs are bad. We are going to fight it in Latin America. Nicolas Cage is going to pilot a helicopter. Which was very much in time, though, because the quote from Bush was 89. This movie came out in 90, right? Yeah, right. So it was all very current. You know, yeah. I mean, the the setup in this movie doesn't really fit with our times. It doesn't really make sense. But I I think thinking of when it was made, it would have had uh, more of a realistic feel to it. 
Um, but the thing that I really didn't like was they're trying to make. Well, there's there's quite a few things I I didn't like. <laughs> but the the biggest thing I didn't like was they invented uh, a helicopter, the enemy helicopter. Was it the mm-hmm. Scorpion? I think. Yeah. It's yeah. not it's not real. So they invented this badass helicopter that was apparently created by the cartel who was in allegiance with North Korea and you know all these countries that we hate because they're not they're not capitalist. Yeah, they they came together and built this like next generation helicopter that doesn't exist. And I just felt like if you're going to go that far, why not just make a command and conquer movie? <laughs> make it cool. Yeah, and uh, it missed opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Do they even sell toys? I mean, come on, go make a helicopter. The people who made this movie, they love helicopters. There are so many helicopters in this movie doing helicopter things. There's a there there are helicopter um, photos that are framed in the background. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who is just the best helicopter teacher, instructor, he has a helicopter birthday cake that he's given. Mm-hmm. He's got to blow the candles out on on the, uh, why can't I think of the word? I'm going to say wings. Yeah, on the propellers. Oh, you really, you really shouldn't have done this. It's just stupid. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones, bless his heart, uh, I, I felt, you know, he's, he's really trying to act. He was just kind of being like Tommy Lee Jones in any of these military flicks. But it was just so badly written, he has just a lot of terrible one-liners. You know, I joined the Army for the same reason you did. Master Kierkegaard, just like in the old war movies, you know, be a hero. And the other thing I didn't like is that he's always praising Nick Cage. Everybody's always telling Nick Cage yeah. how amazing he is. Uh, except yeah. for the, the the one sequence where they're doing um they're doing a mission where all of a sudden they have to do they have to look through the the eye magnifier whatever that is mm-hmm. right and uh, oh it's in the dark so they have to use like uh, some kind of night vision technology or something to pilot the helicopter and Nick Cage he fails but. I, I actually liked that scene because I, I really felt like, you know, I was driving a car with Tommy Lee Jones in the passenger side telling me how much I suck at driving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't do that. And all he had to do was use his other eye. Oh, my God. That, yeah, yeah. They find out he has, uh, what was that called? I didn't write it down, did I? Right eye dominance or something? Yeah, he has an eye dominance, and that's the reason why he has trouble piloting. This was the thing that confused me, right? Because it wasn't necessarily the dark that was the issue, right? Because at all uh-huh. times, it was the, there was data in, in one eye and the screen in the other. Uh-huh. And so he wasn't able to do the two. But what confused me was that that was only an issue when it was night vision. But regularly, uh-huh. he had uh-huh. still the monocle, but he could see yeah. here and had the data there. Right. So I don't understand why right. that wasn't a problem all the time. I think they don't want you to understand. They don't want you to yeah. understand any of the specifics. They don't even want you to know who the bad guys are. Really. I didn't know that there were any. <laughs> and uh, I think it's because they were ripping off Top Gun. 
I have not seen like, Top Gun since I was a little kid. So please, if you've seen Top Gun within the last five, 10 years, please correct me. But if I remember correctly, Top Gun is similar in the sense that it never focuses on the enemy. It's it's all there on, on base uh, with the, the US uh, squadron, right? I mean, yeah. of course there's action sequences, but they never, they never like really focus on the bad guys because it's focused on that, just the pure American adrenaline that patriotic spirit to overpower the enemy. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't like that in this kind of movie because I feel like the stakes are really not that high or they, and they just don't make sense. Like you're telling me the cartels own, they own these, this technology and these helicopters and they're killing American soldiers backing up the DEA's efforts in Latin America and our military just treats it like, yeah, we're just going to go in and fucking kill them all. I don't know. There was, there was no like political aspect to it. There were no finer details. It was just complete uh, like Saturday morning cartoon story. Yeah, there were there was absolutely no build up to the villain. The only thing, unless I'm misremembering, was the beginning part where they said that, you know, Cage's platoon was killed. And then, you know... A reference you know, again where he said they, something like, this is for Paco or whatever. Yeah. But but then they spend pretty much the entire movie, it's, it's like 80% training. It's just them playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. It's forty yeah. percent training and and like fifty percent Nick just thirsty. Just thirsty. Yep. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Just pining. There's, there's like there's this is supposed to be this huge mission that's like top level security, best pilots right. ever, and like every opportunity they get, they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to fuck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's just cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. totally unbelievable. It's I'm just thinking, you know, your chain of command is listening to this. Right. I don't understand how they, they wouldn't reprimand yeah. you for that. Yeah. So ridiculous. And then you got I also gotta say, I'm not a helicopter aficionado, but I'm pretty sure the way that those helicopters were moving in some of those scenes they they don't move like that. They had them like moving like he like uh, airplanes or yeah. jet fighters. They even had the helicopters taking out the jet fighters, and it just seemed just unrealistic to me the way that they were doing it. Yeah. Um, they they have a a sequence at least one where they get ambushed by a helicopter. Didn't even know it was there, and I'm just like, if your radar didn't pick it up, wouldn't you fucking hear the rotors going off? <laughs> mm -hmm. Am I the only one that noticed that before he kills the main bad guy, he yells, I'm gonna kill him now! I'm gonna kill him now! <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I just remember when uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who gets just completely jacked up in this mission. Did you kill him? Did you kill him, boy? I killed him. Yeah, I killed him. Can we roll the credits now? 
That's the thing too. They only had to take out that guy. Yeah, um, just the one. Well, that's well, right. No, that's no, right. The yeah. Every, go ahead. Everyone else came in. I was gonna say yeah, everyone else yeah. took care of everything else. He took care of all the yeah. enemy aircraft. Yeah. Right. The thing it was that, a joint operation. The thing that got me right. So his uh, his his girlfriend Billy or whatever. So they make all this point that, you know, she's in the military, she can stand up to herself or whatever, she doesn't need to be at home cooking and making babies, right? Yeah. But then the the one opportunity that she has to do something useful, uh-huh. she sits there and, and Tommy Lee Jones has to explain how to put this, this tool together that she should yeah. know how to use. Yeah. Using absolutely no proper terminology, like get the coffee can looking thing, and you know, right. trying to explain to her how to use it. Yeah, which you would think oh, would yeah. be part of her basic training. I think there's probably a, a smarter way to dumb down military jargon in a movie, yeah. but this is just a complete removal of all of it. Well, but they only had to do that for her. Was my point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, because she's the woman pilot, you know, she's trying. Yeah. I, it's just like in the real world, these pilots have been tested repeatedly over and over. All of their failings are going to be logged and known. And it's just completely ridiculous that someone within her own squadron is going to just hit on her so heavily to try to get her to, to quit. They're supposed to be a team. They dated before, though, right? They did. I they did. They, uh, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, because I remember when he first gets there, he pretty much immediately hits on her, like grabs her hand and won't let go. And then uh, they're at like a birthday party and he comes up and is just like, how about that drink now? And and then like out of nowhere, right? He, he finally passes the, 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 what was it, the bag? And then he's like, you want to help me celebrate? She's like, yeah, let's go do it. This is what I've been waiting for. Let's get it on. And I was really expecting him to like try something and her being like, no, we're just like, I'm taking you out for a beer. Quit. And now she's like, you gotta keep yeah. calm, okay? You gotta you gotta save it. I think I remember that part. Is that towards the beginning? No, so it was like right after he he finally passed his 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 uh Simulation test, right? Where after he learned oh, how to okay. drive, he did his okay. test. He'd been yeah. hitting on throughout like the majority of the movie, and then after yeah. he passes, he's like, "A passport test? You want to help me celebrate?" She's like, "Yeah." So I expect them okay. to go out to a bar. They didn't go out to a bar. They jump in his car and go out for a romantic getaway. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> like that's right. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Oh my god. And he asks her to go skinny dipping. Yeah. Just out of, in, instead of going on the mission. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're both, they're both set to, to go on that mission and he's just trying to screw it all up. It's like, wait a minute. Does he really care about his country? Does he really care about defeating MS-13? Jesus Christ. Oh God. And uh, I was, I was disappointed in uh, Sean Young's performance, but I mean, she was. She's from from Blade Runner. She's always going to be remembered for Blade Runner and literally nothing else. And I knew that, so I, I guess I shouldn't say I'm disappointed in her performance as much as her character. It was just completely ridiculous. It was a letdown for, uh, especially for any female who's thinking about joining the army. 
yeah. doesn't give you much hope there. You got problems with a woman in the military? Just one. No, just one. That one. The one from Blade Runner. Is she a replicant? I hope so. It turns me on. Yeah, man, this whole movie is just, uh, yeah, like you said. It reminded me, actually, of, of a PC game I used to have. Steve, I don't know if you remember this. I used to have a helicopter PC game that I had to actually look up so I could mention it. It was called Jane's AH-64D Longbow for PC, where you pilot an Apache Longbow attack helicopter. And uh, all I, I, I would like find a couple tanks here and there and then just crash because I didn't know what I was doing. It has all the controls in it and stuff. And yeah, I, I think I would have rather been playing that game, though, than watching Nick Cage pretend mm-hmm. to, to pilot a helicopter. Uh, some other funny moments. I thought I saw Tommy Wiseau. There was the Tommy Wiseau band at the 80s dance party scene. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that guy? And and if you yep. freeze that frame, I swear I saw Jerry Seinfeld in the audience. The guy, the guy looked just like him. They were playing Chainsaw at the time, right? <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Uh, yeah. The other thing too is like, where does this all take place? We know that these missions uh, are America. These missions yeah. are happening in Latin uh, Latin America. Like Latin yeah. America is just uh, oh yeah, it's that it's over there. That's Latin America. Like isn't that a whole the, conglomerate of countries? Well, the, the the training was all in in Fort Mitchell. They they called out. Was it? Yeah, they said something in the beginning. Like I uh, passed all my written exams, ready for hands on at Fort Mitchell, or as soon as I get back there. Uh huh. And then I think the the actual operations. I don't know if they ever actually called out like the specific area, but yeah, it was somewhere in Latin America. Yeah, you don't you don't need to know, Steve. They were a threat. They were a threat to the United States. They were in Latin America. They were somewhere. They were somewhere between Mexico, Russia, and North Korea. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure where though. <laughs> I don't think this is the first time that Nick has uh, broken the Geneva Convention. No. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. Probably isn't the last. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, as far as plot goes, yeah, helicopter movie, helicopters are badass. Tommy Lee Jones, he, he uh, teaches Nick Cage how to be a better uh, helicopter pilot, even though Nick Cage is already awesome. He's already a great helicopter pilot, but now he's even he's an even better helicopter pilot, and uh, he really wants to sleep with uh, the other helicopter pilot again, and eventually he does, which is great. And then he goes out on a mission, and he kills that hel- other helicopter pilot who has a fake helicopter who uses it to uh, kill um, other Americans once in a while, so that the other bad guys can deal drugs in America, which is a no-no according to Ronald Reagan. And uh, he finally snort takes him out. That. Yeah, snort that. He says that. Snort that. <laughs> no, I think Billy does, right? She's got the uh, the. Uh, oh, yeah. He goes, shoot him in the ass. Snort that. <laughs> says, snort that sucker. Except it's a rocket. Yeah, and then it just ends. They kill. They kill the bad guys and. America saved. The end. Uh, I do like the cage out that he had uh, when he was first playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. It says, uh, shoot him, blast him, nab him, grab him, shake him, bake him, c- cook him, clean him, hold him, broil him, 
kick them, nab them, twist them, all gone bye-bye. <laughs> do you think that was ad-lib or do you think that was in the script? I, uh, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it was, that was a Cage original. I think so too, yeah. He also tells the other, the other guy that he's his mom now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm your mom now. I'm your mother now, Calvin. This movie was pretty much a big passion project for some military bros. That's really all it is. They wanted to make this helicopter movie. Uh, they had a budget, and apparently that budget was enough to attract uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Nick Cage and Sean Young and some other actors that we don't really know. And that's really, that's the end of the story. We got Firebirds. So that's, nope. it's like, Mommy, I want to go, I want to get the, the new 4K Top Gun at Walmart. Can we go get it? Oh, I can't really, I can't really afford it right now. But they have uh, Firebirds on DVD in the $1 bin by the checkout. It's got Nick Cage in it. Okay. That's... Reading this, it's it like says, says almost, an almost beat-for-beat beat unofficial remake of Top Gun. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought. I haven't seen Top Gun in forever, yeah. but just the fact that you never know really anything about the bad guys. No. <sighs> Can we get some, like, Star Fox-style, like, uh, cockpit chatter and just... Reenact it? We should do a Firebirds reenactment. Yeah. Get a, mm -hmm. get a green screen. Yeah. That would be funny. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Matt? You down? Yeah, into it. What What was your opinion of uh, Nicolas Cage's performance in Firebirds? Just zany. Just zany. zany. Why would yeah. you, Why would you say that this about is, uh, an American hero? <laughs> I don't know. I think. Uh, this is this is the cage that we'll see transform into my favorite moments. Yeah, you know, where he just goes he goes over the top with yeah. no destination. I think that's the only thing I really liked about this is just how how nutty he is and how far he'll go to justify himself. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Uh, do you think that he was? Kind of. Do you think he was really trying in this movie to play his character or or not? I don't know. I think it's kind of impossible to tell. Yeah. Do you think so? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's. I think it's open for uh, debate. Especially like, this is a really good one for facial expressions. Like. Okay. He has a lot of really weird faces in this movie. Yeah. But they're not necessarily consistent, you know, so it's like... All right. Very funny. Final thoughts for Firebirds. Did we like it? Did we like it? I thought that it was mostly forgettable. Not one of Nick Cage's strongest films. Because I felt that Nick Cage's character was kind of... He was a Mary Sue. Nothing ever bad could happen to him. I mean, he did fail a couple of times, but he overcame them with some pretty cheesy developments. Uh, you know, and the, the whole, like we talked about, the, the eye issue, eye dominance. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and then he just he's just a winner he's a winner and I do think helicopters are pretty cool they're pretty cool things they fly in the air so that, that helps <laughs> what about you guys what did you think about Firebirds it was a movie yeah. it was a movie yeah it was it, it was just the uh, the great value version of Top Gun <laughs> great value I love that brand that should have been our sponsor today. Come on, really Steve. Fruit snacks. Yeah. Some of the best right. fruit snacks. That's all right. All right, well, let's get into the fight then. This is the cage fight <laughs> round table. Uh, uh, I was actually thinking Firebirds right. was the prequel to Bad Lieutenant, but... I, actually, that's what I thought Zandalee was. Well, I'm assuming after he got done fighting the, the war on cocaine, he came back, Billy left him, and he developed a cocaine habit after joining yeah. the New Orleans police. There you, yeah, it probably makes the most sense. Uh, Steve, you want to go first then? Which of these two movies is your pick for the for tonight's winner? You know, it was it was a difficult choice, um, but I I have to go with uh, I have to go with Sandalee. All right, all right. Okay. You saw it coming. Why I really did you? I actually wasn't sure because the last time you threw me off guard. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really wasn't sure. But why do you choose Zandalee? Zandalee for for similar reasons. So I, again, I felt like Firebirds was just too. Nothing happened. There was no. Uh-huh. There was just, there, uh-huh. nothing ever happened. It was it just felt pointless throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Lee was was very crushing, very difficult to accept most of what's going on. <laughs> but it, it's kept you on the edge of your seat for that because it was still the question of like, what the fuck is he going to do next? Is this really yeah. still happening? And then the fact that uh-huh. I honestly thought the movie ended at, at the death scene and then we had like another 15 minutes of movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. So now that Zandalee is is your pick, would you recommend this one to other Cage fans to watch? God, if nothing else, just to see Nick's goatee. <laughs> All right. So who wants to go next, Sean? So if I had to pick, and I'd like to say that I didn't really care for either film, if we're being honest, but I think I'd have to go Zandalee as well. Firebirds, to me, it just felt like such a nothing movie. I mean, like I said, yeah, no, I mean, birds aren't real, but, uh, you know, if they were... All right. This movie proved it. So yeah. you're, you're just saying that Zandalee was just more enjoyable for you to watch based on Cage's performance, right? Don't, don't say enjoyable. I shouldn't say enjoyable. Uh... I did like his performance more. Uh, I mean, Firebirds, I felt there was, there were a couple good cage outs, but overall the story, it, I mean, it was pretty much just like all just an 80s training montage pretty much. And then the last 10 minutes, they like fought some no name villain that they didn't develop at all. I felt like it could have been an interesting movie if they, maybe had like a side story with the villain and they built him up a little bit or like cage had a one-on-one like a face-to-face with the villain but no it was just it was just nothing 
And I mean, you really don't get to the action until, you know, there's only like 20 minutes left in the movie. Right. And, and right. even the action in Firebird, it honestly felt like a little, like a toddler, like playing, <laughs> yeah. playing the toy helicopter. I, Steve, I had the same thought. I thought that um, somebody had filmed me in the bathtub when I was a little kid playing with, with helicopters and then turned that into a movie. But turns out it, it was it was just my uncle Rico. That that's a felony. <laughs> yeah, and even some of the shots of the helicopters looked like toys to me. I couldn't tell. I was like, is that a model or is that an actual helicopter? I don't know. Do I care? I don't know. All right. Would you rec- would you recommend uh, Zandalee, Sean, to others to watch? I definitely think it's it's worth a watch. Uh, I I did. Um, while I don't think that Zandalee is a good film per se, uh, you know, it, I think it's worth one watch just to see what happens, uh, especially if you're into New Orleans. I mean, me personally, I, you know, I, I really like that city. I think the culture there is really interesting. Uh, you know, so I thought it had a unique vibe to it. Was the vibe good? Eh. Eh. And also, you know, shout out to my boy who played, uh, how do you say his name again? Tari. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the second best character in the Santa Claus with Tim Allen, so. so. (laughs) He's saying. That's where I remembered him from. I could not yep. recall. <laughs> I saw he was in Vice Versa, and I remember seeing that box. I was like, is that the movie I remember him from? And then I scrolled down. No, it's the Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy that's banging Tim Allen's wife. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Hey, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Matt. I think I'm going to have to go with Firebirds on this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Well, Firebirds, for me, is easier to escape. I I didn't really particularly enjoy either of these films Hmm. (laughs) for many of the reasons that, like, have already been discussed. Right. Um, But I felt like Firebirds had... um, kind of like less of a fragmented plot and more of not a plot that uh-huh. it just felt easier to not pay attention to and just focus on how silly everything was okay so it was it was a little bit more fun mm-hmm. you know yeah i can see that uh, yeah so that's why i picked that one yeah okay how, how would you compare Cage's performance in that one to Zandalee? Do you think his performance specifically was was better or more suited to the movie itself? Maybe. I mean, like, um, <clears throat> like that review yeah. that was read earlier, you know, it really was kind of like just a knockoff talk, uh, you know, where, you know, Tom Cruise is like trying to go after this like this girl that's like out of his league or whatever yeah and she's like hey man like fuck you etc 
Um, and he's like, nuh-uh, or whatever. But because he's hot enough, event- eventually they, they, like, do it. So that's, like, kind of like what they're trying to pull off in this movie. Mm. But they just, like, kind of... They're just like, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, instead yeah. of just actually showing you, they're just like, yeah, 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 see, you get it. You but uh, yeah. so, so it was kind of like silly. It was sillier. Right. But in Zandali, it's just like, um, it's, it's very raw. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I feel like even the lighting in the film is kind of like real dark. Mm-hmm. And, um, the thing about the thing about it that really hit me the hardest was just how how sad Zandali actually was, mm-hmm. and um, kind of like what Steve said earlier, you know, like we don't really get to see anything about her at all the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So it, the fact that the movie is named Zandali is kind of more like um, it's just like. She's just another. She's just another face, you know. She's just another one. Like this is this is how it really is, and I think that's actually what's really tragic about this film. Um, is I think it was just trying to be like the super deep tragedy, but it just reveals this deep horror that exists within our society, which is that women are treated as objects of our desire and oftentimes have to just deal with it. Yeah. And that it's just so hopeless and you know. Yeah. I think for me, I had to remove myself from the movie at a point. Mm -hmm. Like I had to intentionally stop being invested in any of the characters because of what you just said like the hopelessness and all that stuff um all right would you recommend firebirds to nick cage fans to watch not really i mean dude there's so much i know yeah i feel like if this was a nick cage appreciation night it wouldn't be one that you would bring for us right. to watch. It wouldn't be appreciated. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It was okay. All right. It sucked, but it was... Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I guess it's my turn then. So, oh. I just got to be honest. Uh, the, my pick is Zandalee. And... You know, I dig helicopters and and that whole thing. And I still think the Zandalee is uh, a very dark, depressing, tragic film that is pointless. But that being said, that being said, I I like the setting. I like New Orleans. Um, Like there was always something in the background or something that caught my attention more so than Firebirds. So, like, uh, when um, uh, Zandalee, she works at that, she has that that clothing store or something, and there's that guy that's always there. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I had no clue the point of his character, but I just didn't, I was amused by that character. 
all of these mm-hmm. small, seemingly random things, kind of like in Vampire's Kiss. You know, they just the, the, in the whole context of the movie, I didn't quite get it, but I, I enjoyed it, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I just felt like I could get through Zandali much easier. Uh, Nicholas Cage is in it a lot. I felt like he was in it more than Firebirds. Um, sadly, because of how creepy his character was, but I got to see so much of that beautiful uh, mustache and <laughs> hair. It was great. I mean, you also got to see some naked uh, Nick Cage, which I, I always appreciate that as well. Um, and then the cage outs, I, I was more satisfied, I think, Zandali. Just, I just loved the black paint. It was so evocative yeah. of uh, the... That is a classic moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I struggled to get through Firebirds. I, I just, I felt like Firebirds would have been better if they made the helicopters kind of like cars, you know, make them humanoid mm-hmm. and then have the helicopters yes. like have sex with each other, yes. have relationships. Yes. I would yes. I would have loved that. Oh. They only went. Yeah, but yes. Uh-huh. I was thinking the exact same thing. Ripped all the other helicopters. What? Yeah, I would have liked more more of a more of a Cars type movie, I guess, but rated R or NC seventeen. Yeah. What else did I want to say? I get along. I totally agree with really the the meat of the movie, most of the budget being saved for the final battle sequence. Which, uh, you know, it, it felt yeah. tense and it had some cool parts to it. Like, it was it was pretty rad, if uh, entirely unbelievable. But it just, uh, I, it just wasn't enough for me. Um, I think what you could do is you could take that ending sequence and you could put it on YouTube. And that, that's like the movie. Just watch that. And for Zanda Lee, you yeah, could do something mm-hmm. like with The Room, where they have best scenes of The Room. You could have best scenes of Zanda Lee, and that would be like, I think, probably a 15, 20-minute uh, movie clip. Yeah. And it would be pretty enjoyable. But to watch either of these there movies in full, oh, man, it's it's tough. It's tough. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously not a fan of either of these movies, but, uh, yeah, my pick is, is Zanda Lee. Would I recommend it? I pretty much said it. There are scenes in in it that, as a Cage fan, you have to see. You have to see, uh, even how terrible it is, I I can't even express, but you have to see the church confession box scene. Uh, You have to see, like like I mentioned, the the Cage out in the art studio. Um, I was a huge fan of the first meeting, the first meeting with uh, Zandalee. Yeah, yeah, the first meeting. Is good. No. The last meeting with uh, his best friend in the swamp. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dance. Yeah, but to seriously analyze Zandali, uh, it's it's a really bad movie, guys. So that means our winner is Zandali. Congratulations, Zandali. I'm sorry you had a hard life. You, you were never able to make the decisions that you wanted to make for yourself. I'm sorry that your husband never met your needs when Nick Cage was there the whole time. 
I still think that was a lot of the point of the entire movie. I don't know. Uh, I, I, clearly, the director did not get that uh, across very well. But mm-hmm. the whole yeah. the, the movie's yeah. supposed to be about her, right? The whole movie, she was never able to make a decision that was established in the beginning when she couldn't kill herself, and and it was right. finalized at the end when she finally could. Those are the only. That was the only time she was ever able to make her own decision, and, and it wasn't somebody forcing her hands or, or manipulating her to do something. That was the only exactly. time she actually got to to be true right. to herself. Yeah, which is like what Matt was saying. It makes it super tragic. Yeah. 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 It doesn't necessarily make it good or enjoyable, but no. I, I felt it was very real. Well, I'm being completely honest, man. I'm saying the reason I like this movie is for all the wrong reasons. Because <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to go on. Xander Lee is uh, somehow going to compete with Raising Arizona and Vampire's Kiss. Uh, I guess. Um, well, my air conditioner is leaking water on me. I thought I was crying. I thought you guys made me cry. Uh, yeah, so the next movies coming up, we have Honeymoon in Vegas and Amos and Andrew. Pretty excited for those two. I've seen neither of them. You guys? Uh, I am not. All right. We're, no, great. No. We have, we're all going in blind once again. So these last two movies are going to be the last movies before. Yeah, I was just, I'm sorry. Finale. I was going to say you missed the Raising Arizona Vampire's Kiss. What's the other one we're against right now? Oh, it's, you're uh, right. You're right. I did. Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I missed that on my paper because I, I hadn't updated it. Yeah. Raising Arizona, Vampire's Kiss, Wild at Heart, and now Zandalee as well. We have Honeymoon in Vegas, yeah. Amos and Andrew coming up. Pretty pumped to know nothing about them. I'm guessing one's about a honeymoon in Vegas, and then uh, we got like two brothers or something. I don't know. The two amigos. Uh-huh. Amos and Andrew has uh, Samuel L. Jackson, so that might be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's going to have some, some good lines in it, I'm sure. They are both the same genre this time. They're both comedies. Are they? Perfect. That'll make it fun. All right. So that's coming up. Yeah, what, what I want to say about the season finale cage fight, uh, we're going to make it super awesome and fun. You're going to want to uh, tune in for that. I'd like to do it live as well. Um, we're going to do it a little different from last time. So if you listen to our last season finale cage fight, this is going to be a different format. This is going to be more, I want to make it more high energy, more um, more like a sporting competition or something. So uh, yeah, just be prepared for that, guys. We're still hashing that out, but I, I guarantee it's going to be awesome. Yeah, so make sure you find us online, nickcagefight.com. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere Nicolas Cage podcasts are allowed. We humbly celebrate the cage verse. We're going to keep this thing going. Cage Fighters, thanks for joining me. I had a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I hope you all can join me next time for the final mini battle between these movies in this season and don't forget to treat our treat us like nick cage treats every relationship don't stop ever for any reason and if that doesn't work force your way in and if it still doesn't work kill everyone and then yourself 
Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Cage Fighter Steve. Yeah. We need to keep a book of Nicolas Cage philosophy. I think you should put that in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, since the next two are actual comedies, I'm hopeful it, he's not going to play a character even remotely related to the last, like, what, four? <laughs> Five? Jesus. Yeah. Somebody uh, just pretty, I'm pretty excited to see some of the supporting cast coming up, but it's going to be yeah. good. He's got one co-starring with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker and one with uh, Samuel, so... Awesome. Yeah. Great. I know we're not going to talk about this film, but uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, on Cage's filmography, there's that TV movie, uh, Industrial Symphony Number no. 1, The Dream of the Brokenhearted. I saw that that's, list. Uh, yeah, that's uh, directed by David Lynch and actually has uh, Laura Dern in it. Yeah. Oh, man. Maybe we should check it out if we can. It's only an hour. Okay. Well, that could be maybe a special episode or something. You know? Yeah. We could do like a 30-minute, 45-minute watch through, talk about ourselves, our lives. Um, yeah, all that great stuff people want to hear. <laughs> but, of course, it's not going to be in the running as a TV movie. But, uh, no. yeah. And now that I'm out of quarantine again uh i may have access to some fun tools for those special episodes we talked about we still are planning um next month to reveal our cage list series um i don't want to talk too much about it uh, i just want to get it out when we have it out and let people listen to it should be cool and yeah thanks everyone for listening we're late night cage fight until next time take care